Welcome to the podcast of Life Church in Houston, Texas. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope that this message inspires your week, builds your faith, and ultimately brings you closer to Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Ephesians chapter 2, and I'm going to read from verse 6 through, uh, I'm going to read verses 6 and 7, and then I'll jump to Mark chapter 9. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Whatever translation you have works. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God, and, and so now, now the reason for that, so God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Pastor Jim, do you got King James Version in your Bible? Someone have King James real close by? Sis, let me, help, help me out there just because I don't want to click my Bible app and then open it up to something about tithing and mess people up, you know, just get, they get on, my God, this is a holy Bible right here. Look at, the, I, this is the kind of Bible I want to preach from right here. My Lord. Do you see that one? This one has been through war. This one. Do you, you got kids? Your kids don't mess with, uh, her kids don't mess with her. That is a praying mama right there. This, that's one that hears from the Lord. I don't even know how to read this kind of a Bible here right now. We're, Ephesians 2. Oh, and, hath, and he hath raised us, raised us up together. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Brother, would you come here, brother? Houston 713, would you walk that back to that church mother right there? There's some sanctification gonna come on you while you're walking that tour. Be careful with that Bible, by the way. That's one of them holy Bibles. That's not a Bible. That's a holy Bible right there. All right, that was Ephesians. Now I'm going to the book of Mark chapter 9. And I'm reading in verse 14. And I'm reading through the end of verse 18. The Bible says, And when they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them. And some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. And when the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe, and they ran to greet him. Verse 16, Jesus asked, what is all this arguing about? And one of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And I'm going to just jump to the end of verse 18. It says, so I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. I want to talk to you tonight or this morning about the rights of the believer. And I'm going to try to bring these two portions of Scripture together so that we today would walk out of here understanding the rights that we have as joint heirs with Christ and as believers in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, I feel your anointing in this house. I feel the spirit of revival in this house. There's great expectation because there's great need, and thankfully you are a great God. So I ask that our great God would meet our great needs and show heaven and earth coming together and let us leave this house 
Not saying, wow, what a preacher, but saying, wow, what a God we serve. Have your way in this house right now in Jesus' name. Give him praise one more time as you're seated. Hallelujah. 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 You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. We are um, every day from all sides of life, whether it's um, political or uh, just day-to-day life or anything, quite frankly, we're hearing a lot about, a lot of people talk about their rights. I got a right to this and I got a right to that. And uh, we talk a lot about civil rights and we talk a lot about human rights and a lot of people talk about animal rights. And I even heard an actress, and I'm not trying to make fun. You know me, I'm nice. But I even heard a Hollywood actress this week advocating for the rights of aliens. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about people coming in from other countries. She was talking about aliens from other planets. And she said that it's time that we start showing a little more compassion to aliens and not call them aliens because she feels like that might be an offensive term towards extraterrestrials because of the negative connotations with the word when it comes to immigration. And so she feels that based on that, because she said extraterrestrials have rights too, you know, is what she said. She said we need to come up with a better term for them because they have rights. So everybody's, everybody is consumed with their rights. I got a right to freedom of speech. I got a right to religious liberty. I, I got a right to, to go here. And I, I got a right to wear this or not wear this. Or I got a right to enforce this or not enforce. Everybody is talking about their rights. And people are willing to go to jail for their rights. People are willing to, to split their family up. Over rights. There's some people that aren't going to have Thanksgiving dinner this year. I don't understand you. I'll fight a lot about a lot of stuff. But once turkey and mashed potatoes is involved, once there is some home cooking, listen, I will have communion with you. I will bless you. I will make right with you. I saw 52 pies out there. I didn't know that there was still some available. If the lady that made the pies, if I have ever offended you in any of my sermons, I want to ask you for forgiveness right now because I feel like there should be a pie in my life. I know, I know family members don't talk for decades. Get offended at each other. Well, it's my right to this, and I was right about this, and, and everybody is contending for their rights. So I didn't really come to delve so much into that, except that I believe that as the church as a whole, now realize it might not apply, everything I say might not apply exactly to life, but it applies to the body of Christ as a whole. I feel that the body of Christ is in a Mark chapter 9 moment. They're arguing religion. We're in holy wars, religious wars. We're arguing and contending for our points of view and what, for what we think is right and we think is wrong and what we think we should do and what we shouldn't do, and we're, we're here. We're all fighting and arguing and talking to each other here, but in the midst of all this argument comes a father with a child who needs deliverance, and he comes to the feet of the disciples but they're so busy arguing here, it's as if nobody ever bothers to look 
here. We're not looking at the needs of others because we're so consumed with winning the fight, winning the argument, and being right. We're so consumed with, I'm going to show you I'm right, but there's someone here who really doesn't care if you're right or wrong or they, they just need deliverance. This world right now needs deliverance. We need one big mass exorcism deliverance service where we bind and cast out every demonic spirit influence that's on this earth. But we're so busy fighting with each other. Fighting for denominations and fighting for points of view and fighting for preferences all the, all the while the world lays at our feet needing hope, needing help. And some of these devils, now I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about the devil a little bit today. Don't, you know, it's close to Halloween, so you should be okay with it. Uh, um, I mean, my, anyway, I'm going to be good. I'm not going to talk about it any further. I'm going to talk about the devil, but not about Halloween. I'm going to be good. What was I talking about? Oh, yes, that devil. Our children are fighting some devils that I didn't have to fight. I'm 41 years old, and my kids are going through some stuff that I never had to go through. My grand, my, if my father were alive, he would probably say, take me now, Jesus. It's probably better that the Lord did take him seven years ago because my father would be aghast at the things that are taking place on this earth right now. In fact, if your daddy was alive and my daddy was alive, you wouldn't call him Brother Kilgore. You'd call him Prophet Kilgore and Prophet Suarez because they were prophetic voices warning us for these times. They were preparing us. They said they didn't even fully understand it. They said it was going to get dark. They said it was going to get ugly. They talked about but if, if they were alive to see it, I think they would talk like the Queen of Sheba and say, the half was not shown or revealed to me. Our children need deliverance right now. Now, let me explain this. I'm not anti-counseling. I think you should get counseling. I get counseling. When we blended our family, we had a marriage counselor come in and teach us how Blend our family, because there's a lot of people in that house right now. There's a reason I'm here alone today. No, I'm just kidding. There's a lot of people in that house. Love you, Gina. She's watching right now. Please leave the door unlocked when I come home. Uh, we had to get counseling. What I want to say, though, is that the Pentecostal church went from casting out devils to only counseling. Why is it either or? Why isn't it both and? Let me, let, let me say it further. I don't counsel anybody because I'm not a counselor. I can't do what the counselor does. But the counselor can't do what I can do. You might not have a college degree and know how to talk your children through all the problems and all the stuff they're going through, but you have authority as a believer in Christ to take authority over those spirits, to take authority over those addictions, to take authority over this addiction called vaping that's getting a hold of our kids and is worse than cigarettes. You got authority to take power over that spirit and rebuke it and cast it out of your child. Then let them go talk to a counselor. But you do what you can do and let the counselor do what they can do. <coughs> 
That's not what I came to really focus on. It's just that there's these children, there's this world at our feet saying that they've never been through anything like what they're living through right now. And everything has failed them. The government has failed them, both parties. See, you see, I make everybody mad. And that's all right. The economy's failed them. You don't know what crypto to invest in anymore. Every time you pick a dog, they invent a new dog. What's the new, the new one I think is Pentecostal. It's called like the Shima. The sh- it's like, ooh, Shima. I'm going to invest in the Shima coin. Some Pentecostal kid there that knows. The economy's failed you. Government has failed you. Everything that you used to rely on has failed you. You don't even know what store is going to be open anymore. I went to visit my mother in Chicago on Friday to see how she was doing. I go to a few appointments with her. And I said, Mom, I want to go here. She said, I don't know if it's open. I said, why? She said, it's just kind of like every day you wake up and you go see if it is or it isn't. You can't even rely on Taco Bell to be open. At least that's my experience and I'm, you know, a regular. Uh, You don't know when they're going to be open or when they're not. You used to make fun of McDonald's with their ice cream machine. Now everybody, you don't know who's ever going to have ketchup or barbecue sauce. I mean, it's a tough time we're living in right now. And the one thing that should be constant, which is the church, people are giving a second look right now. We are in, we're in, listen, we are in a mass revival. I'm talking about the entire body of Christ. They say that Gen Z is hungry to have church. They say that Gen Z says that when they go to church, they want to feel like they've been to church. They're giving church a second look. But if the church can't help them because they're so busy fighting with each other, well, I don't like that there's, I'm just going to flow. I've been here enough. I can, I can do it without disclaimers. Well, I don't like it that we're selling the building. Well, I don't like what we're doing in Israel. You better read your Bible again. Well, I don't know how I feel about that guy that finally wore socks after preaching in that church for eight years. It's about time. But what's his angle with the socks now? And you got a world at your feet. And Jesus shows up. It's interesting. Jesus shows up and the arguments cease. Have you ever noticed that you'll never find Jesus arguing with somebody in the Bible? He doesn't argue. He settles arguments. Jesus shows up because... What's all the arguing about? It's like everybody's like a little kid. Nothing. Hear my kids arguing in the other room. What are you, what's going on? Nothing. It's, it sounded like something was going on. Yeah, but it's nothing. Jesus shows up. What's all the arguing about? And the father of that child says, I brought him to your disciples. And they couldn't help him. They couldn't do anything with them. And I've been pondering that verse for weeks, for weeks now, just thinking about this verse, thinking about why the disciples didn't know how to take authority over a devil, why they didn't know how to pray for the sick, why don't they know what to do in this moment? And thinking about the church right now, because there's some devils we have to expel, and people forgot how to rebuke devils. 
There's some sick that we need to pray for, and people forgot how to pray for the sick. We're, we're so in our religious arguments about this and that, and, and, and I'm not, it, it's good that we're having holy conversations, but we were anointed of the Holy Spirit to rebuke devils and to lay hands on the sick and to see them recover. And I, I, want, I came to remind you today that as joint heirs with Christ, you have rights as a believer. You have authority as a believer. There's some stuff that you can do that no one else can do. When Samson walked the earth, there was things he could do that no one else could do because he was anointed for the moment. And in the same manner that he could do stuff that other people couldn't do, there was some stuff that other people did that he couldn't do because of a covenant. And I'm praying that we would get a reminder today that as I am anointed of Christ, as, as Ephesians just told me, because of Jesus Christ, I now sit in heavenly places. I have authority. I have rights. I have benefits. There are some, there are some things about me because I sit in heavenly places. I got access to some power. I got access to some authority and I best use it on this earth because Jesus left you and I to be example to the ages of the goodness of God through Christ Jesus. But we got to operate in our rights. So I'm here today on behalf of the Christian church, Peter contends for the Peter's the one that contends for the animals, right? Demi Lovato's contending for the aliens or the extraterrestrials, and others are contend for civil rights, and all of all of those things are fine. I'm not I'm not. I'm just here tonight to advocate on the rights of the believer. I'm here to advocate on the rights of the Christian believer, and to remind you what authority you have. In Christ Jesus, so that the church can go back to being the church and operating in the power and the authority that we have. I've been really laser focused the last few weeks, and no one, I've been laser focused on this issue of deliverance because I think we're counseling some things that we have to cast out. I think we're talking about some things we need to pray through. I think we're having some discussions that we really just need to rebuke in the name of Jesus and not let some wildfire get in and spoil the harvest and the blessing that God has given us. And I'm here to stir up the gift that's on the inside of you and remind you of the power and the authority and the rights and the benefits that we have. I was talking to one of my, uh, I was talking to one of my uncles through my cousins this week, talking about some old stories about our fathers and the way they used to preach and the, the, the evangelize and the work that they did in Colombia and then coming into the United States. And one thing about those Suarez is that they're crazy bold. Uh, about a lot of stuff, but especially they are extra zealous about the name of Jesus and the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And my cousins, Natalie and Angela, we were just talking, and, and they were saying, you know, the thing that my uncle, or well, my uncle, their dad, Alfonso, said, you know what he tells us all the time is that every time God would move, they were reminded of the power that's in the name of Jesus, and they were reminded of the access to the power that they have in the name of Jesus. And it really got my wheel spinning as I've been 
delving and dealing with Mark chapter 9 because I think we need a reminder today of the power that's in the name and the power that was given to us through that name. That because of that name, we became joint heirs with Christ. And that now is not only the saving name of the Godhead, but that's the name over my life. That's my family name. If you could see me in heavenly places, my heavenly name isn't Tony. My heavenly name is Jesus. If you could see me in my heavenly realm, you'd see that the name of Jesus is over my life. And that's why no weapon formed against me can prosper. Not because I'm a Suarez. Not because you're a Kilgore. Not because you're a Gonzalez or a Martinez or a Robinson. But because the name is over your life. That's why demons tremble when they see you walk in. That's why hell has come against you the way hell came against you. Because they know that if you ever realize the power that's in the name that was given to you, hell knows that it doesn't stand a chance against you. Oh, thank him for the name today. Praise him for the name today. When's the last time you just thank God for the wonderful saving name of the Lord Jesus Christ? There's power in that name. I remember we'd have, you know, it, it's, it's a little different now, but back in the, in the 80s and stuff, we'd have demoniacs show up in the church and they'd come forward and they'd, you know, start putting on this show and they, you know, they're slithering and they're spitting and they're, you know, banging their head and doing all of this. And every time that would happen in the church, there was always that, that one guy that would come and he could pin them down with his knee. I mean, put, I mean, put his knee right in their shoulder and then he'd get someone else and you're pinning them down and then you'd always have that one, the one, what, yeah, I grew up in Spanish church, you know, la, la hermana, you'd have the hermana that would come and sit on the knees, and she just wouldn't even look. She'd just sit there on the knees, and so she's sitting on his knees, and this guy's got this shoulder down, this one's got this shoulder down, and then you always had that one guy who never really fully got, you know, uh, fully converted out of Catholicism, and he'd always carry that four-foot Bible, and he'd march. And we'd always have that one person that would show up. What is thy name? Friends, would I know you're in newer campus and maybe I should have considered you before I started preaching this sermon, but I'm too far into it right now. Got to know your roots. And so this whole show would be going on, and my dad pastored two churches. They were 82 miles apart. So my dad always showed up a little later to the second service at the bigger church because he'd have to come 82 miles. And so I can remember more times than not, my father would walk into one of those services, and that show is going on. And I'm over here playing the piano and doing my thing, and that show's going And my dad would walk onto the platform, and he'd see the show, and he just... <sighs> And my dad would walk over and he'd say, stop it. Stop it. You stop it. No show. He said, I'm tired of letting the devil take over our services. Making a spectacle. Why are you posting so much? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not going to go there. Listen, if you don't like all the stuff that's going on in the world, it, just to prove a point, don't put it on your social media because all you're doing is giving it another platform, another audience. Just say that. Anyways, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me focus on this. My dad would say, stop it. He'd say, now say I'm free in the name of Jesus. And then, now, and he'd stop it. Say it. And within a few seconds, they'd say, I'm free in the name of Jesus. My dad would say, now get up here. 
And in his suit, he'd walk him over to the baptistry. You know, and sometimes they'd be like, no. And he'd say, you stop it or you're leaving. They're like, okay. He'd walk him over to the baptistry. He said, now upon the confession of your faith, confess Jesus as Lord. Jesus is Lord. Upon the confession of your faith, I baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He'd bring him up out of the water. They'd be speaking in tongues. Then he'd walk him back wet. I mean wet. And sit him down and say, don't move until I'm done preaching. And that thing wouldn't move. They'd sit right there, and they'd hear the gospel message, and in a few months' time, some of them would be members of the church, and then a few years later, they'd be teaching Sunday school, because what my father was exemplifying to us is that as a believer in Christ Jesus, I have rights. I have authority. I got some benefits. When I walk in a room, every demonic spirit is, I'm not subject to them. They're subject to me. I come against the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Stop fearing sending your children to school. Go back and do what your mother did and take a prayer walk around that school and say, my children go to school here. And because my children go to school here, angels go to school here. Angels walk with my children. And I plead the blood of the lamb over this building. And I declare that when my children walk up and down the corridors, they're protected. They're blessed. They walk with favor. They got favor with the teachers, favor with the administration, favor with their peers, because favor is on their life, because they are joint heirs with Christ to the benefits and the blessings of God the Father. I speak favor, favor, favor. My dad didn't fear devils. My brother called me this. I was talking to my brother about the same story. He said, Tony, he said, here's one that you never heard before. He said, in 2006, when I took the, the pastorate of the church, friends, what, I'm sorry if I'm pacing, but I, I'm just, I'm pacing. He said, in two, uh, oh, uh, cameraman, you doing good? You following me? Hopefully that's not overtime pay, you know, because you're having to. Oh, here's something I can do now that I got socks. I could just. Anyhow, what was I talking about? Oh, yes. My brother said, he said, here's something you never heard. He said, when I, after my, my father had gotten very ill and my, um, before my, my father had, uh, he had something called frontal lobe aphasia where he could think it, but he couldn't say it. And it, you know, if you make your life as a communicator, you can imagine how difficult that was. Last few years, he really couldn't speak clearly. And so my brother had assumed the pastor of the church was elected to be the pastor of the church. And my brother said he was out, outside of the sanctuary one day and he said, a crazy woman ran into the parking lot. Crazy woman said, I never saw her before. She starts screaming, this church won't prosper. This church will fall. And my brother said, I just didn't know what to do. He said, and dad, he said, I thought he was in the house. He said, dad came out of the parsonage and walked across the parking lot. He said, you remember how slow dad would walk in those days? Yeah, I said, yeah. This is like 2000, I don't know. Seven, eight, somewhere around. He said, you remember how slow he was moving? I said, yeah. He said, he just slowly walked across the parking lot. He said, and she, he came up on that woman. I ran down there because I thought she was going to hurt dad. And he said, dad walked up to her and said, shh. Shh. And he said, and she shushed. And my dad said, in the name of Jesus, 
you come out of that woman right now. And he said, Tony, that's all he said. And this, he said he didn't yell. He didn't scream. He just said, in the name of Jesus, you come unto that woman right now. He said that thing left her. She fell. And he said, you know what dad did? He picked her up. And he said, Andrew, come on, let's go get her baptized. And he walked her into the sanctuary. And he got her water baptized, and they prayed her through to the Holy Ghost. And apparently, from what I heard, she might still be sitting on the pew of the church now. Because my father walked in the authority of his calling as a believer. And so, Andrew, Andrew said, and, and this is why I told all of this story to get to this point. Andrew, after it all happened, told my dad, he said, Dad, I'm sorry. I, did, I didn't know what to do in that moment. I, I, I mean, I know what to do. He said, but I just, I just, I froze. I didn't know what to do. And my dad said, it's because you, you still don't have a full revelation of the power that you have access to in the name of Jesus Christ. You still don't understand. Now, remember, we are people of the name. We know the name before we knew anything else. I mean, we heard about the name more than we heard about everything. But you can be raised hearing about the name, the name, the name, the name, the name, and not fully embrace and understand the name. This is, this is the problem that you've heard me preach to you about before, about the disciples in the boat with Jesus. They've seen him do miracles for everybody else, but when they need their own miracle, they don't know who to call on. And when Jesus does the miracle, they say, who is this that even the winds in the sea obey him because you can walk with him and talk with him and hang out with him and not really know him that's this is what my dad was trying to help my brother understand you know the name you know things about the name but you have not fully comprehended the power that you have the access that you have through the power of that name he said Andrew you you you're going to have to learn the authority that you have as a believer in that name ladies and gentlemen it's in that name that we still cast out devils there are some devils that we need to cast out of this land and out of this nation and out of our children and our marriages and our and our money. There are you're waiting on the next election and God might be waiting for your next prayer. What if it took one more prayer for something to break? You're putting your hope in something that has failed us time and time again. But it is written, I look to the hill from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. So we either don't know or we've forgotten that as believers, because he raised us from the dead through Christ Jesus and sat us in heavenly places to be an example throughout the ages of not just the mercy, but the kindness of God so that the ages would know there's something different about us. How do we show the difference between us and them, it's shown through the blessing and the demonstration of God's goodness in our life. God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be healthy. He, I'm going to get somebody a little. He wants you to be wealthy. He wants you to be prosperous. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to be joyful because that's everything the world isn't. 
And so when they see God's kindness exemplified in your life, and they see you walking around blessed when others aren't, when they see you walking around in peace when everyone else is troubled, and they see you walking around in joy when everyone else is depressed, at some point they're going to say, what is it about you that's different than me? And then you're going to tell them, it has nothing to do with me. I didn't earn it. I didn't win it. It's that God has been good to me. He sat me in heavenly places. He made me join heirs with Christ Jesus. I'm not a surprise baby. I'm not an accidental baby. I'm an adopted baby. He said, I choose you. I choose. Hey, it wasn't Oprah that started, you get a car, you get, it was God Almighty that said, you get the blood, you get the blood, you get healing, you get healing, you get favor, you get fa I'm adopted. I'm chosen by Christ. Oh, give them praise today. And I just want to make sure we're ready. Because there's a harvest coming. And I want to make sure that you're ready to function in your rights as a believer. That as a believer, you have a right to healing. Healing is not something that should be difficult for us. Healing is promised to us like salvation you have as much right I heard Randy Hollis say this many years ago you have as much right to the promise of the whipping post as you do the promise of Calvary for it says by his stripes you are healed and then the New Testament says by his stripes you were healed in the in the old testament it's declare it's declaring you are going to be healed in the new testament it's declaring you were healed that means to how did that happen because when jesus christ was oh, hallelujah when he was tied to a whipping post and they battered and beat his back and his body. It was through those stripes that healing came to the earth. Healing came to humanity. And today, because of those stripes, I got a right. I got authority. I got the privilege to declare to you that in the name of Jesus, you can and you shall be healed. It's my right. All right, you want rights for everybody else? Let's get your rights right. When we were growing up, I may have said this the last time I was here, but when we were growing up, who somebody's been in church a long time? Over here. You? You're, you're kind of like, like nervous about it, though. How long have you been in church? Since, oh, yeah, that's a long time. Was it, was it a tongue-talking church? Oh, okay. Oh, then you know what I'm talking about right now. And... I'm, I'm assuming you're a little bit Latino, aren't you? Oh, a lot? No, I'm kidding. We just kind of got that look. That's why I was thinking. Maybe it's just the Texan in you. I don't know. It's kind of the same. But us tongue talkers, and some of you Baptists too, I think it was true as well. When you got sick in our house, the first thing they did was not call the doctor. Nothing against the doctor. The first thing they did was everybody had the same nasty, ugly, glass bottle of olive oil under the kitchen sink. Everybody had the same olive oil. 
Everybody had the same olive oil. And the first thing you'd do is your parents would wake up in the middle of the night and they'd get that bottle of olive oil and they'd start unscrewing the tap, the, the cap that had not been unscrewed since the last time you were sick. And so every time they'd unscrew it, a little bit of rust would fall in the oil. I bet that take care of COVID right now. Anyway, I'm sorry. I know you can't say that right now. But I'm telling you, they, they would unscrew that and a little bit of rust would get in the oil and nobody, nobody would say, would you please sanitize the bottle first? And your dad or your mother would take a little bit of that olive oil, and they'd always, I don't know, maybe it was different in my house, they'd always stir the rust up in there like it was like a concentrate of healing or something. They'd stir it up, and they, and they, laying in the bed and they're messing up your head. You didn't wake up with bedhead. You waked up with Pentecostal pray through in the middle of the night. Oil dripping on your face, in your eye. You're waking up like that. And by the time you went to the doctor, it wasn't for healing. It was to confirm the healing. I'm not saying we got to do everything the way the old church used to do it, but we need a reminder today of the rights and the power and the privilege and the authority that we have as believers. That when a virus comes in like a flood, the church raises up a prayer against it and says, you got to go. When cancer attacks our home, we go to prayer and we go to fasting and we go to believing that Jesus is still a healer. We need to know about our rights and our authority and our benefits to prosperity and wealth and blessing. This isn't about being. It's about living in the goodness of God because he doesn't want any of his children to suffer. He wants you to be blessed. The Bible says if you don't give your child a stone when they're hungry. If you know to be good, how much more does your heavenly father know to be good with you? God wants to see you blessed. Not just so that you could say, look at what I got, but he wants to bless you so that this gospel can be preached around the entire world. He wants you blessed so that you're not blessed, but not not solely so that you're blessed, but so that everyone around you is blessed. So that everyone has a witness of the goodness of God. We're not... Somebody wrote a long, long email to me after some stuff that happened last November. And they said, I'm really concerned about my finances. I'm really concerned what's about to happen with my money. And I wasn't trying to be a smart aleck. I just wrote back. And I gave him a verse that I shared with you from Job chapter 5. Uh, forgive me, Jeremiah 29. Even in exile, we prosper. It doesn't matter where you put us. They were in exile in Jeremiah. And the prophet came and said, hey, while you're in exile, build homes. Plant gardens. Get married. Have children. And he said, don't dwindle. Prosper. Because one of, I mean, you really want to get somebody, somebody that doesn't like you, do good. Someone's got an attitude and they don't like you. and it, Just do good. And you, you really get on their nerves. So when the enemy attacks and the enemy comes against us, you know how we really irk him? 
Let's just be blessed. Let's prosper. Let's build homes and bigger homes. Let's get married and have children. Not me, because I have enough kids. But, but let, the rest of you. But let's, let, we don't dwindle. We prosper. And in prospering, it will cause people to say, what is it about you? We need to be reminded. I've already talked about it a little bit, but I'm going to say it again. We need to be reminded of our power our authority, and our benefit over the spirits of this age. Our parents wouldn't be running. They'd be standing. And they'd say, no, no, you're not going to have our children. You're not going to have our generation. You're, you're not going to take over our churches with liberalism and secularism and progressive. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to stand on the word. I'm going to stand on the name. I know too much about that name. I know too much about my God. I know too much about what he's done for me to give up. We need to take, at, we need to take hold of the, the power and the authority that was given to us. Musicians come. If you're back there somewhere, Brother Blaylock, we have, behold, he comes. Guess I didn't pay him for the last time I was here. Sorry. I think I promised I'd cash app him 20 bucks or something. I forgot. I'm sorry. It's on strike right now, like the workers at McDonald's. I will not. I'm sorry. Bad joke. We have authority. We have rights to revival, even in this current age. When they give us every excuse for why you can't build a church, grow a church, and go international, we're going to say, excuse me, I have rights. I'm not talking about the right to get on an airplane. I'm talking about the right in heavenly realms. I have a right to revival. This church has a right to revival. I have a right to the blessing of God. I'm not, I don't want, ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to be caught in that situation. That they come needing something and I'm so busy with everything else that they go and tell on me to my father. Well, we went to life, but they couldn't help us. I, I, went, to, I went to one of those tent revivals that Suarez is doing, and he's singing all that old stuff, and he got caught, because you can get caught. I'm equal opportunity. I'm preaching to myself. I could get so caught in the stuff I'm doing. I, I went, but they couldn't help us either. It's actually one of the only times you'll see Jesus get angry in the New Testament. You faithless people, he says. How long do I got to be with you? How long do I have to show you and, and, and be with you? And he says, just bring, bring, the, bring the boy to me. How long must... Listen, he's talking like a mama. Like... Maybe like the mama with that Bible there. I don't know. She seems really sweet, but I know, I know that Bible. My mom has a Bible like that. My mom could be sweet, but when it was time for rebuking. This is what Jesus said. Not only did he say, how long must I be with you? He said, how long must I put up with you? 
don't want Jesus to look down on his church and say, how long is it going to take for you to really believe? How many times do I got to heal you to convince you that I'm Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, your healer? How many times do I have to bless you financially for you to believe in tithe and offering and first fruits and giving and sowing and reaping? For you to believe that I'm Jehovah Jireh? How many times do I have to deliver you for you to believe that no weapon formed against you shall prosper? How long do I have to put up with, un how long must I put up with unbelief amongst the believers? And Jesus, the, 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 the man says to Jesus, well, help us if you can. And Jesus gets angry a second time. What do you mean if I can? All things are possible to those, to those that believe. And he says, I believe. Just help me with my unbelief. And I think, again, as I come to a close, I think this is the moment we're at, Friendswood. I think you want to believe that he wants you to prosper. I think you want to believe that he's a healer. I think you want to believe that he's a good God. Oh, yes, he is. You want to believe these things. But how do you believe without evidence? How, how do you believe if you don't have something tangible around you to point to and say, see, there's the goodness of God. There's the mercy of God. That's prosperity. Because we're living off of our mother's and our father's testimonies. We're, we're living off of Daniel in the lion's den and Jonah in the whale and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And those are, I'm not diminishing the power of those. They're great stories that must always be told. But I need to know what he's doing right now because he's not just the God. Why would you relegate him to just yesterday when he's the God of yesterday, today, and forevermore? Those Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were walking under the rights of the believers of God, Jehovah God. They were walking under the authority of their covenant with their God. Daniel went to a lion's den under the authority of the rights and the blessings and the They knew in whom they had believed. David went to fight Goliath knowing. He went declaring, you come against me with a sword and a shield, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts because I remember the bear, I remember the lion, and if God protected me here and God protected me there, David was talking about what God had done in his own lifetime. But sometimes we're guilty of when, when we want to talk about what God did, we got to go talk about our grandfathers. Let me tell you what God did in Colombia. Let me tell you what God did in Ethiopia. Let me tell you what God did in Arizona. Let me, let me tell you what God did 50 years ago and 100 years ago. And I hear the Lord saying, do you not think I could still do it now? Do you not believe I could bring healing to the nation now I could bring prosperity to my people now I the God that raised you up out of brush harbors and tent revivals when you were you were the lowest of the lowest class of society and now I've made you business owners and I've called you you don't think I can't do more I the Lord have greater I the Lord have more you just got to tap into your rights you just got to tap into your authority you got to get the revelation of the power that you have through the name of Jesus of Nazareth with. Stand with me today.
I, I, I hope I hope something here today made sense to you. I, I hope I hope something gets to you and that this week you'll walk around in the power and the authority of the rights that you have through Christ Jesus. That you'll call things as though they were. My mother-in-law, Lois Carver, Gina's mother, had a blood clot three weeks ago. Spread to her lungs, other parts of the body. It was a very dangerous situation. And I was out of town and Gina called me and she said, Tony, we got to pray. And I prayed and I heard the Lord say, okay, now you've asked me, now stand and see my saving healing power. And Gina called me later and I said, she asked me, did you pray? I said, yes. She said, well, let's keep praying. I said, well, yeah, see, that's the thing. Um, God told me don't ask him again. She goes, okay, well, that's your word, not my word. I'm going to keep praying. I said, well, you do you. But God's stretching my faith to believe that I'm not a beggar. I'm a child of the king. And I don't have to come to the throne and say, oh, please, 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 please heal. Please, oh, please, please, please. He already promised me that there is healing. So I'm not begging for it. I'm declaring it in the name of Jesus. He's stretching my faith. That there's not a, there's not a gold mine in heaven. Like God doesn't have angels working in the mines of heaven making more gold. He's already made all the gold and all the silver. And guess where he put it all? On the earth. And who did he give dominion of the earth to? And, 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 and you know, brother, brother Adam, you know, some technical difficulties. He messed it up a little bit. But you remember the second Adam? His name is Jesus. He made right what the first Adam made wrong. Which means that because of Christ Jesus, I have dominion over this earth again. And all the gold and the silver is mine to do kingdom work. So I'm not up saying, oh God, send me, send me, send me, send me. I'm saying, God, let me find it. Because I have need of this. I have need of that. Lord, I call the money in. I call the resources in. Because I'm a child of the king. I'm walking in my authority. I'm walking in my rights. I'm not a pauper. I'm a prince. I'm blessed. And I declare that so are you. And lastly, about that nasty, vile, wicked, almost use a Chicago word, I'm going to use it anyways, dummy called the devil. About him. Stop giving him so much prominence and authority in your life. Stop acting scared of the push back. 
It says that he can't withstand you. Push back. Oh, I know, but if I push back, he's going to come back. Push back harder. Push back stronger. Take authority over those spirits. Don't let that thing look you eyeball to eyeball. Show me that in the scripture. Well, he's just been talking in my ear and he's been in my face. And he Show me in the scripture where it says he can do that and then I'll have some sympathy for you. But according to the book of Genesis, it is written, Upon thy belly shall thou dwell and the dust shall thou eat. Put him back under your feet and make Make him eat your dust and go forward in victory. Go forward in authority. Go forward in blessing. Go forward in prosperity and show the world. Show the ages the blessing of God because we're joint heirs with Christ. So to you at Friendswood, maybe you're new. There's a chance you are. And this is the weirdest, wildest, strangest, televangelistic service you've ever tuned into. You're like, now I understand why the initials are so big on the dress shirt. I want to apologize to you that it's weird to hear about casting out devils. I want to apologize to you that it's weird to hear about laying hands on the sick. You see, what happened was, every time I do that, I know who in this house has been watching George Lopez and needs to repent. See, what happened was, some of our overzealous cousins in the Lord, they abused the gifts. And they got a little hokey and weird with some of this. And so to cleanse it, we just kind of, but in the midst of the cleansing, we forgot to remind you, it's still real and it's still necessary. And so I'm going to be back next Sunday and guess what? I'm preaching on Halloween. I'm preaching on the day of, oh yeah, forgive me, let me clarify. Woo, I felt a religious spirit in here. Tell him, Pastor Tony. Vamos a reprender el espíritu de Halloween que entrado en la iglesia. We're going to rebuke the spirit of Halloween. Wait, stop. I'm preaching on the day. Not preaching about the subject. Man, I felt a religious spirit. We all got your prayer shawls out. You're like, you ready? So far? Let me focus, people. I'm going to give you a seven-day challenge from now till October 31st. Hey, Friendswood, I know some of this sounds a little new. Maybe someone in this room, you say, I, man, I don't, I don't know. That's really weird. I'm glad you wore socks today, but this is the weirdest sermon you've ever preached in this church. Well, then you missed the one I preached. Like, no, I'm just kidding. Here's your seven-day challenge. This week, when junk happens, rather than cuss about it, rebuke it in Jesus' name. And just see what happens. 
this week when the argument starts in the marriage and it feels like this is the week it's all going to fall apart the two of you say let's stop 30 minutes to your corner 30 minutes to my corner and go into those corners and pray in the name of Jesus and then come back next Sunday and tell me how your marriage is doing if you get sick this week before you go to WebMD, now I'm not against doctors or medicines or anything, because all of it gives glory to God. If the doctor helps you, God gets the glory because he gave the wisdom to the doctor. If the medicine helps you, God gets the glory because he, he invented, he created the minerals that are in the medicine. And if he heals you through the prayer of faith, God gets, so I, I'm not anti-anything. I'm just saying, before you go to WebMD and convince yourself that that hangnail's going to kill you, go to prayer. Get a little oil. Maybe you don't have olive oil. Get whatever hippie oil you got in your house right now. Melt a little butter if you need to. And pray in the name of Jesus. And in seven days, tell me how. I'm just giving you a seven-day challenge to walk around like you're a child of the King. Seven days like you're joint heirs with Christ. Seven days like no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Seven days like when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord raises up a standard against the attack of the enemies. Seven days like your God owns the cattle on a thousand hills and all the gold and the silver is in his hand. Seven days as if if any two or three agree on anything according to his will, it shall be done. Just seven days and come back in seven days and tell me if you're not in prosperity and abundance and victory and healing and health and wealth don't do anything this week outside of the name of Jesus and see what God would do for you now pastor Bo there's a great anointing on you pastor Bo it's been in your family for generations but I feel to prophesy through to you through a camera that the anointing that you're operating and functioning in is not simply the anointing of your grandfather and your father. It's yours. Hold on. Hold on for just a moment. Pastor Bo, raise your hands right now. His wife is Lauren, right? Lauren, raise your hands too if you're there. Because the word that's to him belongs to you as well. There was a prophet, a priest, in the Bible named Zechariah. And his wife became pregnant, and I'm not prophesying another child, Bowen Lord. Take another one in Jesus' name, anyhow. Bo's like... And in those days, when you had a child, the father named the child and the child would always carry the father's name so that's why you had Zechariah the first and the second and the third and the fourth you know, just on. but there was a word over that baby his name was going to be John and when Elizabeth said the child shall be named John they said no there's no Johns in your bloodline no 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 this is, there's never been a John in the Kilhor family there's never been a John in the Blaylock. 
There's never been a John in the Zechariah family. We're going to go talk to, your, to his father about it. And they went and they talked to Zechariah and they said, what shall the boy's name be? And Zechariah said, his name shall be John. Out of the lineage of Zechariah came a new thing. It was birth of Zechariah, but it wasn't a Zechariah. It was a John. Bo Kilgore, hear the word of the Lord today. That you were born of the anointing and the blessing that's in that Kilgore lineage. But you're not a Zechariah. You're a John. There's something new on you. There's something real on you that this church needs and this generate. And you're just stepping into it right now. Lauren, you're about to blow some people's mind because there's some stuff they're not expecting of you. And I didn't just say that she's going to turn into an evangelist and start hooping and hollering and spitting all over platforms. But there's something in you that you don't even know that's in you. There's a John on the inside of you, Lauren. There's some, you're stepping out of, you were birthed of Zechariah, but you're stepping into the newness, the new John anointing. There's something new and you're just stepping into it. But it's on the both of you in Jesus' name. Friendswood. I bless you right now in Jesus' name. Now that anointing that's on Pastor Bo is about to come on you. I'm releasing that campus right now, Pastor Bo. You go do whatever you got to do. Rebuke devils, pray for the sick, lay them out in the Holy Ghost. Whatever you're going to do, function in your anointing right now. That took, that, that took care of Friendswood. Now you that are here, I'm sorry I was so long-winded, but my flight doesn't leave till 8. If you're here tonight, this morning, is it already tonight? Oh my, almost. If you're here right now and you need healing in your body, you need prosperity in your finances, you need some devils cast out of your house. Now, I, I feel like I got to, I feel like I got to clarify. We're not doing some big crazy show right now. I'm talking about there's some things that we need to take authority over that have been messing with our children. This I'm a, the spirit of perversion is more perverted than the pervert spirit of perversion of the 80s and the 90s and the 60s whatever was going on there this is this thing that's going on right now but we're going to take authority over it in Jesus name we're not going to let it get a hold of our kids I just wrote a book about the spirit of hyena. Do you know that they just discovered in the last hundred years that there's male and female hyenas because they always thought that there was just one sex. They thought they were non-binary because they could never tell if they were one or the other. That's the spirit of the age. But I take authority over that spirit in the name of Jesus. And we're going to raise up godly men in the name of Jesus. And we're going to raise up godly women in the name of Jesus. They're going to serve their families in the admonition of the Lord. And they're going to raise up our young ladies to be young ladies. And they're going to raise up our young men to be young men. And they're going to serve God. And they're going to prosper. And they're going to get married. And they're going to have children. So if some of those spirits have been attacking your house. Some of those things of the enemy have been coming. We're going to take authority over that today in the name of Jesus. Pastor Jim, am I still okay? All right. I ask because it's his house. It's God's house, but God put him as the pastor over that house. We're going to take authority over it. And then for the next seven days, walk around like you got authority. Walk around like you prosper. Call things. 
declare things. Whoever's going into an interview this week, you walk in in Jesus' name. You speak blessing. I'm the child of God. I'm favored. My resume comes to the top. If God wants me to have this job, and I'm going to get top salary and benefits and blessings, and I'm not going to have to work on Sundays during church time. Come on, son. We used to pray like that. Now, if you need a miracle today, if you need God to move and you're okay with an altar call at the count of three, if you'll join me in this altar, I believe God's going to give some tangible evidence. Remember when the father brought him and, and said, help me with my unbelief. He's, what he was saying is, I want to believe. I just, I don't have anything to base. But God today is going to give you some evidence. If you need a miracle at the count of three, one, two, three, would you come now? Hallelujah. If you need a miracle in your finances. A miracle in your home. Alguien que necesita un milagro con sus papeles de inmigración. En en esta temporada, cuando se ve que todo es imposible, Dios quiere hacer milagros para ti. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now this is how we're going to do it. I'm going to pray over you in just a moment. But let's start that seven-day challenge right now. I don't want you to beg God for anything. I want you to make your petition known to Him. There's a difference. There's a difference between begging and making it known. Whatever your need is, whatever you have need of, make it known to the Father. And then I want you to start declaring healing. So if you, what I mean is if you need, maybe this is new to you, but if you need healing today, it's a promised thing from God. So Father, I need healing in my body. My kidney, my lung, my, my knee, whatever it might be. I thank you for healing me. And then you declare, by the authority of the Word of God, by the power that's in the name of Jesus, knee, be healed in Jesus' name. Heart, be healed. That's how you're going to pray. If it's about your money, Lord, I need a new job. Lord, I need my old, I need my old job back. Lord, I need that money that they haven't paid me. Or I need the residual income or whatever's held up in the courts or my child support, whatever it is. Lord, this is my need. And then you're going to call it in by the authority of the Word of God. 
and by the power that's in the name of Jesus, I'm called to prosper. And so I call the money in. I call the finances in. I call the job in. And I declare that I'm blessed. I declare that I'm wealthy. I declare that God prospers me and God favors me. And if it's a situation in your home, you take authority. The, uh, my house is the temple of the Holy Ghost and my house only has room for one ghost it's the Holy Ghost so I take authority over every addictive spirit over every perverted spirit over spirits of poverty and lack and depression and suicide and anxiety and anger and strife I take authority over these spirits that are trying to get a hold of my kids trying to get a hold of my family and I tell you you got to go right now in Jesus name and it is written that those spirits will have to flee at the mention of the name of Jesus so why don't you raise your hands with me and right now just start making your petition known to God start whatever it is that you're needing of God make it known right now your, your, your healing, your, your, your salvation, your need, your deliverance, your, your money, your wealth, your, your peace. Come on, make it known to the Lord right now. Make it known to the Lord right now. Speak it out. There's, there's no shame in that. Father, you know what I have need of when I get home tonight. Lord, you know what I need you to do in my home when I get, when I get home to Tennessee. You know what I need you to do in my house tonight, Lord. Father, you know what I'm believing you for in this ministry. You know what I need this week to take place. Now that you've made your petition known, take your authority as a son and a daughter of God and start claiming, now in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, I call the healing in. I call the deliverance in. I call the abundance in. I call the wealth in. I call the prosperity in. I call the love in. I call the peace in, the joy in, the happiness in. Now begin to thank God for what he's doing. Hallelujah. Begin to thank God for what he's doing. I take authority over every spirit of infirmity, over every spirit of lack, every spirit of doubt, every spirit of this age that has been bothering you, has been bothering your family and I say it must go right now in Jesus name I come in as a joint heir with Jesus Christ and I tell these spirits you must flee now now loose these people and let them go you're healed you're delivered you're blessed you're sanctified you're renewed you're restored right now by the authority of the name of God come on church give them a praise right now give them a praise right now